Welcome to Original Mind Zen Sangha. Today's Dharma talk is given by Andre Taysan Hallow. Tonight's talk is called Treat All Beings Like Buddha. Because they're synonymous, they're one and the same. Uh, the first precept when we take our vows uh, to practice the Buddha Dharma is that we will not kill because we recognize that killing causes suffering and that killing is a great disrespect to the harmony of, of the way. Um, and yet sometimes we have to. The other day, um, we had ants. They um, invaded our countertop. And so my wife did some little homemade concoction thing where you put wet paper towel down with, with sugar. or. And uh, when she came back, she said, oh, there are no more, there are no more ants. My daughter said, well, where are they? She said, well, they went back to the colony and they're going to, you know, they're going to poison the other ones. And my daughter was like, <gasps> and I was so proud because here she was expressing deep compassion for these tiny insects that she never knew and never will know. But we had to, otherwise, what are we going to do? Let them invade my home and eat all my, go into my dog uh, food and into the cupboards and such. So we're, we're very reasonable about this, the Buddhist practice, because it recognizes that we live in a flexible world and we're constantly being <clears throat> challenged to embody the Dharma, which is the, 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 the body of the Buddhist teaching, in new and creative ways. Yet so often I think uh, we as humans, especially given how convoluted and complex our interactions are, we tend to see other people or animals or just instances in life as stepping stones to something that, that's greater. Uh, so we view things as a means to an end. And Zen challenges this entirely by insisting that every single moment is in fact an ends unto itself. And nothing could be more glaringly, more, more of a glaring example of that than sitting in meditation because you're not going to get anything from it. Sure, you might become a little more patient. It might wear away the, erode the edges of your, of your um, less, uh, what do I say, <laughs> um, less personable qualities. Yeah, that may happen, and that's, I think that's a consequence more than uh, the motive for sitting. When we come together as a Sangha and we sit in meditation, it's simply to return to that still space which is at our center for no other purpose than to return to it. It's like going for a walk. Yeah, there, might be, there might be a um, therapeutic value, health benefits to taking a walk, but I think those are far outweighed by the sheer joy of just going out for a walk. 
It's like a dog or a cat. They don't play to get something. They play to play. <clears throat> and yet our habit, again, brings us back over and over again to seeing the world in terms of loss and gain. What can I get from this person? What can I get out of this uh, situation? When can I uh, make a run for the door and go home and do what I really want to be doing? And as, so long as we uh, divide the world into pleasurable and painful experiences, then we're, we're cutting it up and we're not taking it as a whole, which means we're not taking life on its terms. We're, we're insisting that the world should follow our whims. And in my case, that might be Rocky Road ice cream and yours, it might be chocolate. But that's not how life works. It's filled with a lot of boring moments. I think uh, our, our, um, our culture's deep embrace of entertainment and film especially edits all of those boring moments out. And so uh, we have this really dangerous misconception about what life is and as if it should be um, just sheer pleasure and satisfaction. And in reality, it's filled with a lot of dull moments. Yet, if we, if we concentrate on those moments with attention and care, it elevates them to moments of utter simplicity and clarity. When we're walking around uh, this building, we have an opportunity to exercise our awareness. One foot in front of the other, one breath after another, just being aware of being alive. And in, in those moments, we have the opportunity, because we're clear, to, to treat other beings with the dignity and respect that they deserve. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to walk on the grass because I might step on a little beetle because I'm going to. And when I mow my lawn, unfortunately, that's a consequence. However, when I find a spider in my home, I do my best to pick it up, trap it in a cup, and bring it outside. So when we can preserve life, we do. Yet at all times, I think it's, it's incumbent upon us to recognize that all beings, every blade of grass, Every breath of air, <clears throat> every person who cuts us off in traffic are all expressions of it. And they are n no less Buddha than Buddha. Now that's a tough pill to swallow. And yet that's what our practice is always drawing us back towards. Can we accept this moment? And say, yes, too. This, too, is it. This person, too, is Buddha. Just a little crusty. That was Andre Tesan Hallow. Thank you for joining Original Mind Zen Sangha.